0: Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Every week we go through our Catholic faith, through his tweets, through the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And uh, what a guy. We don't normally have a bishop on the air every week teaching us the Catechism and teaching us the moral conscience of what the Church has to teach. So Bishop Strickland, thanks again for joining us for your show each week here on Virgin Most Powerful.
1: Well, thanks, Terry. Um, And You know, I'm I'm no great teacher, but Christ is. Amen. He is the teacher. He is the truth. Right. And we need to share his truth and we need to recatechize this world because too many people, they're just such foolish things that are said. And, you know, some of the things going on in the church, in the world, in this nation, it's just... It's really tragic, and it's a loss of, we're not in touch with the truth, and so I'm willing to do anything I can to. thank you. It's the truth of Jesus Christ is glorious, it's uplifting, it's full of hope and joy and light. The saints model it for us constantly. Um, We've just got to teach people the, where the truth is and pull people out of the darkness that is just suffocating yeah. our world. Yeah.
0: Well, not only you saying that, the uh, the Father William Lawrence, the FSSP North American Provincial said it this way. He said, trusting God is, vir- is vir- virtually uh, is, is vitally important for the salvation of our souls. He said, without hope and trust, We cannot live, grow, or develop either in the natural or in the spiritual life. He says in the natural life, there sometimes comes a time when elderly or the sick people give up. At that point, death usually follows quickly. In other words, the people who give up on hope in living. The spiritual life, he says, is similar. Without hope, supernatural life ends quickly. Without trust, a person's spiritual life loses its motivation and becomes lethargic. The person who lacks a strong trust in God... At at best vegetates; at the worst, falls into spiritual sloth and even into despair. Hope and trust are what motivates us. Bishop Strickland, this sounded like you, read, you wrote that, because mm-hmm. you you're constantly telling us our hope is in Jesus Christ, not of this world.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I've, we need to to listen to that. That's that's basically what Jesus Himself says. Yeah. He tells His disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. Yeah, and it's a very troubling world. Um, within the church, within our nation, um, within you know every aspect of, of the world, there are many things that trouble our hearts. And it takes faith and hope to to pull ourselves away from that. Um, but the truth really is as rich and life giving. Jesus is truth incarnate. Truth has a face. It's Jesus Christ. And really, Terry, I think we have to to emphasize to everyone in the world that no one, Mm -hmm. no human being can change the truth. Amen. We can ignore it. We can try to to change it, but we can't. Um, And we've got to, and too many people... It's like, you know, somebody in authority can just say, oh, well, the truth has changed. They can't do it. And and people have to be catechized well enough to know that no one can change the truth. And to remember that truth is not just an abstract, but Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. His face is the face of truth. And we look to him to know what is true, to know that we are called to be God's children, that God's love for us is something we will never imagine and understand fully in this life. People don't like that in this world. People don't like that in the age that we live in. People reject the idea that there are things that we don't understand. Yeah. But you know, you talk about trust. I know you're a dad and a grand you talk about yep. your grandson <laughs> and going on trips with him. Yep. Um he trusts you. Oh yeah. Children naturally trust their parents. Tragically, sometimes that trust can be broken because parents are sinners and, and terrible things can happen. But thankfully, for the most part, children naturally trust their mother and their father, and that trust is usually well-placed in the vast majority of situations. Certainly, every parent is imperfect, and we're all sinners. Every spiritual father is imperfect and sinful, but most of the time, for spiritual fathers and for actual biological fathers and grandfathers, children can put their trust in them And that is merely an image, an echo of the trust that we naturally have in our eternal Father, in God Almighty. And we need to nurture that trust in people's lives as well, to believe that we're created in God's image and likeness, that his love for us is beyond our imagining. And that's why he's revealed to us the things we must avoid mortally sinful things that are destructive to our lives. And when we see people, even within the church, promoting ideas that are mortally sinful and saying, oh, well, we'll change those rules or we've misunderstood that scripture. That is destructive. That is harmful to the church. It's harmful to the individual. We've got to return to the, the truth that's been revealed to us, the truth of who we are, of who God is, of where creation comes from. And, you know, I've got to get on that soapbox every time I can. Uh, people don't want to hear it. People prefer to say, oh, well, we, we like the way this this person's talking or this bishop, what they teach. If it's contrary to the deposit of faith, it's wrong. Amen. That's the definition of Catholic. If it's contrary to the deposit of faith, and no, the deposit of faith isn't going to change. Yes, our understanding of it has deepened and continues, my understanding it, needs to deepen and grow more profound. But it doesn't change. It doesn't go from no to yes. It just goes from, Know and understanding that in a deeper way. Murder is wrong, period. And it's not going to to somehow morph into something that's right. And any violation of the the morality that the church has taught us is destructive to us individually. It's destructive to the human family. It's destructive to society. And we really have to know that. And, you know, people use the word woke and we need to awaken, but woke is not what it's about, because that means basically, as I understand woke, it's simply saying, well, we've we've decided reality's different from exactly. what we've understood for the whole of, of Christianity. And no, it's not. And people will find out the truth is what lasts. The truth is of God. The truth is eternal. And <clears throat> any false path that we take, it may last for a while, but eventually it will collapse. And that's what we've got to remind people of. Don't take the way that's going to collapse, and probably very quickly.
0: Well, Bishop Strickland, thank you. And it's it's, it's refreshing to hear a bishop just preach exactly what the Church teaches, and say nothing more, nothing less. This is, you know, not not your personal opinion. It's what Christ taught with the Scriptures and the teaching magisterium of the Church. Now, here's an example, Bishop Strickland. You tweeted on May 25th an example of you saying something that you could have said nothing, you could be quiet, and you know what, life's a lot easier if you don't jump into these issues. But I have to comment and say thank you for stepping up to the plate for Jesus and speaking out. Because you you said in a tweet, Mike, the concern for Mrs. Pelosi's eternal salvation, that's it, extends to the Diocese of Tyler. She, Mrs. Pelosi, is barred from communion here until she repents and stops advocating the murder of... Of children. I'm glad you didn't just say uh, abortion because that's what it is the murder of children. Pray for her heart to be turned to God and away from the power of this world. Elaborate a little bit more. I mean, why don't you really tell me what you think?
1: <laughs> well, really, Love it. Terry, once again, it's pretty simple. Yeah. It's not some deep theological, you know, convoluted mystery that we're talking about. Yeah. The church exists for the salvation of souls, Jesus commissioned the apostles to go and baptize all nations and to teach them the good news of the gospel. Nancy Pelosi has somewhere along the way, she claims to be Catholic and then she does things that are contrary to Catholic faith. She's been poorly catechized. That's right. You know, and ultimately, I mean, I'm not her judge but it is the responsibility of really every shepherd. And her shepherd spoke up and said, Nancy, you're not living in a way that is in communion. And so, no, you can't receive the body of Christ until you get your life in order. That's a loving thing to do for her shepherd. And I simply echo it. I'm not her shepherd, but I echo it as another shepherd.
0: Well, that's true charity for the salvation of souls. That's what you're doing. We're going to come right back with the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber, and we just had a, I think, a loving response regarding uh, M- Mrs. Pelosi's uh, situation in San Francisco, where Archbishop Cardielion said she cannot receive Holy Communion until she repents. And I think there's probably 16 now that I can count bishops who have said this. I mean, Bishop Vasa from Santa Rosa, who's just right next to San Francisco, uh, said that you know if she comes to her vacation house. Basically the same thing. And, you know, it it, it doesn't take much. Bishop Strickland, just to make a quick note, earlier on Virgin Most Powerful, we had Cardinal (laughs) Orenzi with a clip where he said, you know, do you really have to ask this question on somebody who's pro-choice in the sense of pro-killing babies? And his comment was, go ask someone who, a young kid who just received their first Holy Communion and you ask them about abortion and killing unborn babies. Do you think that person is ready to go receive Holy Communion? And the little kids can say, "Of course not, and so he said, "You really are you really needing um someone from Rome to tell you you shouldn't do this it, It's pretty obvious, so i he oversimpl- you no he didn't he simplified it. We're making it too complicated in my humble opinion. this is a a no brainer
1: question okay. I totally agree um it it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Poorly catechized yeah, we've got it. to teach people that's it and Nancy Pelosi is free to say well if that's what the Catholic Church is about yeah, then I don't want any part of it of she's free to do that yeah but she needs to know if she claims to be Catholic like and and really Terry yeah. it's not about just Nancy Pelosi but it's about all of us it's sure. about everyone who wants to be Catholic then what does Jesus say in the gospel? I hear it at confirmations all the time. If you love me, keep my commandments or another version. If you love me, keep my word, Exactly. live my word. Um, that's all we're talking about. If, if you, I mean, hopefully by definition, if you're Catholic, you love Jesus Christ. He's your Lord and Savior. He is the Son of God. He died for each of us individually and for his mystical body, the church. But we have to teach people that, there yes, there are rules. There, and, the, and it's not rules for the sake of kind of, well, this is what you have to do to belong to the Catholic club. It's the rules of the truth of how God has created us and the world that we live in. Yeah, it's it's how things work. That's what we've got to to really teach people. I mean, as we've I'm sure quoted um, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, Pope Emeritus now, Benedict the Sixteenth. As a young priest, he talked about uh, relativism. Yes, he did, and, and how it it's a plague on our world. And it's that <clears throat> really, Terry. I mean, thankfully. You know, you don't hear much too much about COVID-19 anymore. And I mean, it's had all these variants and, you know, they still some places are reinstating masks and all, but it's, it's subsiding. People, you know, still seem to almost want to to keep it going and talk about the pandemic. The real pandemic is this relativism that has lost touch with truth. And like we've said so many times before, in so many different ways, and we need to keep repeating it. We need to keep telling people that there is objective truth. Amen. That that God is real, and that God has created us, and that the rules about create beautiful rules. Yes. I mean, you can look at just the simplest plant, and it's following the rules of creation. How it comes to flower comes into being, and then fades, and then goes through the cycle all over again. We are, as the scriptures say, we're much more valuable than the lilies of the field, Amen. than the the plants that God has created. And look how beautiful they are. We are created in God's image and likeness. And really, for the rest of our lives, we need to continue to preach it to just tell people, and they don't want to hear it, or many do, thankfully, many are with us, many appreciate hearing the truth, but those who don't really know it, or have rejected it, God doesn't reject them, that's what we have to help people understand, is the the most adamant atheist is still loved by God, and still has the opportunity to awaken to his love and his truth. And so the church has to be about teaching that truth. Yes. I was reading something today that <clears throat> kind of gave the impression that a lot of people in the church today have decided, well, the moral teachings of the church just need to change. They aren't going to. I mean, the reality is not going to change. Right. Certainly people can say, okay, we're going to rewrite the catechism and we could go through page by page and just erase a lot of stuff and change a lot of things. That's not going to change truth. Sure, the the Catholic Church can get off track and, you know, reject this deposit of faith, but it's not going to change reality. It's not going to change the truth. It It could be a very sad day for the church. I mean, look at what's happened with the brokenness of Christianity already. Oh, yeah. Certainly, the Catholic Church has her own brokenness, but there are key anchor truths that have remained the the teaching of the Church. I just started another book today <laughs> by Cardinal Sarah okay. and Pope Benedict. Oh, it was yeah. written in 2020. It was published, but I just actually my my young one of my sisters, my older sister, huh. um, just sent it to me Good. as a gift, and I started reading oh. it today. And it says both Cardinal Sarah and, and Pope Emeritus Benedict say they have they they are compelled to teach this. Yes. It's specifically talking about priesthood yep. and the importance of celibacy and priesthood. Yeah. But really that is at the very heart, because priesthood is so essential to Eucharist. You don't have Eucharist without priest. So all of that is bound up at the very heart of what the church is about. So these, this cardinal and Pope Emeritus say they've got to speak up. Yep. And I feel the same way. I mean, I'm no cardinal. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm a, a small diocese bishop. Okay. But I feel what they said in this book, and they're quoting, I think it was St. Augustine, saying, when you know the truth, you must share it. It's an obligation that you have. And we've got to to continue to teach the truth and be willing. And it says in this book, I just got, I only read the, the initial introductory paragraphs, but it says in that introduction that You have to be willing to die. Amen. It's truth. Amen. Many people have. And we've got to be just as fervent in faith that, yes. I mean, just recently we celebrated St. Joan of Arc. Yes. She was a young woman, just a teenager, when she started off on her mission. And she did die for the truth. But she knew who Jesus Christ is. She knew who God the Father is. She knew the gift of the Holy Spirit. She knew the truth of the church, and she died for that truth. And now she's a saint and martyr of the church like so many others. We've got to have the same faith. We've got to have the same willingness to die and to be stripped of anything this world offers um, for the sake of the truth.
0: Bishop Strickland, I agree 100%. Out of 43 years that I've been involved in evangelization, since I was in my early 20s, it always puzzled me why we were afraid. Many times I talked to the priests. Why are we afraid to just tell people the truth? And I overheard it over the years, Bishop Strickland. They would say to me, well, we, Terry, you can't tell them this because they won't stay in the church. And as a young man, I was saying, it didn't make sense to me. And as I got older... I started thinking about it and I'm saying, you know, I've been telling people the truth of the gospel through knowing my Catholic faith. And sometimes people have walked away from me saying, well, I don't want anything part of the Catholic Church if it that's what it teaches. And I would say, well, I understand, but maybe you'll come back. But, you know, most merciless thing I could do is tell you, stay in your sin and stay with us because that wouldn't be the truth. And I said, the truth is what sets us free. So here's my question. I'll put you on the hot seat. Why is it that many in the church and guys dressed like you are afraid? I'll use the word afraid. Why aren't they just saying, look, I have to tell you what the church teaches lovingly, that what that lifestyle that you're talking about or the abortions that you're doing. I need to address this because if I don't address it in the sense that as as your shepherd, then I'm letting you fall to the wayside and... You know what, I could participate in that sin by not sharing the good news with you because I have an obligation to give you the truth. So what what is it that's stopping us, generally speaking, in the church, to just say it lovingly rather than walking away and saying nothing? I put you on the hot seat on that. Oh.
1: Well, uh, I can't I don't claim to know all the answers, but uh I do know that Jesus Christ is the truth. Amen. It's the truth incarnate. And uh, really, Terry, to me it comes down to a lack of faith.
0: Yeah, that's it. And
1: I mean, I, I was just reading today, and I think it's a there's a very strong <clears throat> message in the church today. Yeah. That says the moral teachings of our Catholic faith are an, an unattainable ideal. Yeah,
0: they're ideals. I remember. Reading and so that, yeah.
1: that unattainable ideal, yep, yep. we need to just basically give up on it. And the, what we're talking about is basically saying, rather than calling people away from sin, huh. which Jesus does constantly, I and mean, when we just celebrated the um, ascension of the Lord yep. in some places on what used to be Ascension Thursday, here it was celebrated on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is we're celebrating... Jesus Christ ascending to the Father, where he is now seated at the right hand of God, Mm -hmm. as we say in the profession of faith. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And in that gospel where he, the very end of Luke's gospel is the one, the version that we just read. Jesus says, once again, you've got to repent of your sins. Mm -hmm. Jesus says that one more time, just before he leaves. And that's what we need to, to recognize. This idea that, oh, well, it's, you know, Catholic moral teaching, it's just an unattainable ideal. Then that leaves people unrepentant of their sin. Yeah, And that leaving them there is a disgrace. Amen. And it's service to that person. It isn't love. It's it's the opposite of love. Yeah. It's it's the opposite of faith. We've got to to love and bring people to the truth.
0: Amen. When we come back, we're gonna get a quote from Saint Padre Peel regarding the devil that you've never heard before. You're gonna to wanna to stay and listen to this. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland hour. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I was just thinking on the break, Bishop, on how you tell people the truth. We're we're basically mimicking our Lord. In John 6, when he taught on the Holy Eucharist, he said, Unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. My flesh is real food. My blood is real drink. And many of the people walked away. What did Jesus say? Hey, don't tell them the real thing. (laughs) They might leave the church. No, they might leave me. And and he went to the apostle and says, Are you going to lead me also? And he said, no, you have words of eternal life. See, that's a very biblical worldview of teaching people the faith. So I think not just your example, Bishop Strickland, but you're only imitating Christ. When he taught tough teachings about the meaning and purpose of life, he didn't compromise. And I don't think we should either.
1: Well, and that just shows us, and that's, we always have to look to Christ. Amen. Because... He can no more deny truth right. than he can deny himself. I mean, because he is truth incarnate. And that's why he couldn't compromise. He can't yeah. uh, because it is the truth. Yeah. I mean, it is his body and blood. And the part of the great mystery of how God has created us in his image and likeness is the mystery of free will. Amen. But it is it's all bound up in what real love is. God wants us to choose to love him. Yeah. We can only do that if we're free to choose not to. And that's the great enigma yeah. of our human existence. That's the great mystery. I mean, I I've thought as a little kid and I've thought many times, <laughs> Lord, wouldn't it just be easier? Wouldn't it be better if we couldn't do these awful things that reject the truth you've that is, that as creation works, the, the truth that is reality. But the Lord knows that the mystery of love, it has to be free. Yep. And that's why free will is so essential. Yep. And, and that's why it has to be respected. Um, absolutely. Whether it's Nancy Pelosi or whatever man or woman yeah that free will is to be respected and no one should be coerced and the the reality is ironically to be coerced to be catholic to be coerced to do the right thing is not it doesn't work i mean just as people can coerce us to deny jesus they can kill us yeah but they can't make us I mean, we can choose to deny Jesus, and we're free to do that. Yep. But coercion never works either way. I mean, we could say we're going to just force people to embrace Jesus Christ because it's good for them.
2: Yeah.
1: It is good for them, but forcing people is not his way, and it can't be our way. But also on the other side is we can't um, not... Share the truth and not bring, not offer people to use their free will to form their conscience and to make the choice for God, for his son to live in the light of truth. everybody has got to make their choice. You've, you've
0: said it so well, Bishop Strickland, you, you mimic Archbishop Fulton Sheen when he said the only value in saying yes to God is you have freedom to say no. And that's it. So that's why I continually encourage people, and I know you do because we're on the same page, is to give your life to Christ and yeah. turn everything over to him, your will to his will, and life will get better, not just in this world, but in the next.
1: And one thing I think we have to emphasize Tell me. again and again is repentance, reparation, yeah. atonement, and embrace the suffering. Amen. I mean, for for Catholics or Christians, I mean, I, I talk to many Christians who are very troubled with where the world is and where their Christian community is going, because the Catholic Church isn't the only one yep. with divisions and troubles, because humanity Amen. Is, is struggling with, you know, subjectivism and rejecting the moral truth that comes from the teachings of Jesus Christ in His gospel, but I would encourage all of us to to not despair, to be people of hope, to know that um, the truth will prevail, That's right. and and to to continue to to hang on to that truth, but to to deal with the suffering by bringing it to the foot of the cross of Christ. Where are Mary and John in the gospel? The Blessed Virgin Mary and the beloved disciple John are at the foot of the cross of Christ. Amen. They're with him. We need to be in the same place as we go through the trials and tribulations of life. There have always been trials and tribulations. They seem to be on the increase, at least in my experience. Yeah. And it can be it can be devastating. It can be suffocating for all of us. I mean, the horrible shootings and yeah. the violence and the the turmoil that we see um, it's it can be devastating. And sadly, as you've alluded to, people are committing suicide yeah. at higher rates That's than true. ever before. People are depressed, and you can understand that. But rather than letting the evils and the the brokenness and the violence and all the things drag us down and drag us into darkness, we've got to cling to Christ and, and embrace the cross that he told us.
2: Yeah.
1: You must, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. It's hard. It was hard for Jesus to take up his cross. And we live in a time where people don't want to suffer anything. Yeah. It's like, give me a pill, give me a solution, give me a fix for this. Sometimes there's no fix. Sometimes it's just a matter of suffering through it in, in the image that the Lord offers us and trusting that this suffering in this world will always be temporary. Amen. But we are called to everlasting glory and joy in jesus christ as believers we have to embrace the suffering now and live through it carry through carrying our cross and and trust that staying with the lord is our salvation um but pretending that we can we can those things that become crosses that we can change the truth and reshape them and kind of blunt the suffering by just rearranging truth. It's not going to work. <laughs> I hate to tell him it's not going to work. Right. And it's not the path that Jesus shows us. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: well, again, you're affirming what Sheen said without good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. Um, Bishop Strickland, you quoted St. Padre Peel in a tweet that I thought I knew a lot about. St. Padre Peel. I went to his canonization in Rome. I, uh, I've read so many books on him, but you you tweeted this, and man, this just knocked me off my horse to realize it really explains a lot what's going on in the world today. He said, the number of devils active in the world is greater than all the people who have been alive since Adam. (laughs) Excuse me? Is this microphone on? Did you hear what he said? Yeah, he said, if they all took on bodily form, they would blot out the light of the sun... I don't have a minute of free time. It is all spent releasing my brothers from the grip of Satan. St. Padre Peel. Uh, okay, I'm going to take my air. That, that just blew me away. Where do, I mean, What? first of all, doesn't that explain what's going on even today?
1: Absolutely. And I think it reminds us that we've got to take very seriously the power of evil. Yeah. Christ has conquered it. No doubt Christ has conquered evil in the eternal realm, but part of part of our free will is rejecting evil and choosing the good, just day after day. That's what we have to do. We have to believe in the power of good, the the power of good is our hope and our joy. We trust in that, but we've got to take it very seriously, and we don't. Oh. We don't take it seriously. There's too much in entertainment. There's too much on the internet. There's too much just in popular culture that almost treats evil like a toy. Yeah. Um, And I've talked to to priests that are exorcists. And I mean, I'm not, I don't claim to be well versed in all that, but I know enough to know that evil is real and we've got to be very sober and alert. Like Saint Peter says in the in scripture, we need to be sober and alert because the devil is prowling like a roaring lion trying to devour us. I mean, we need to really look that imagery square in the face. Man. Prowling like a roaring lion. Wow. That's one of the the most frightening images that we can even relate to. Yeah. And here's Peter in his letter really reminding us of something that everybody that he wrote it to could relate to. I mean, people know the devastating power of a roaring lion, and that is the devil after us, yeah. the devil consuming our world. And I mean, you were talking about, um, I think it was before we started sure. you know, the the conversation broadcast or recorded but you know the 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 tabernacles that yeah. have been violated That's and right. the body of Christ being scattered as those tabernacles are being broken yeah. into yep. Yep. that is evil amen it is the power of evil these the violence that we're seeing these horrible shootings that keep occurring that is evil entering the hearts of an individual or of a group and running rampant in our world. We need to be sober and alert and aware of that. And we have the secret weapon. We have all that we need to combat that evil. And that is life in Jesus Christ and his truth. But we've got to be aware that evil is real. And I think evil is is running rampant, even within the church in telling people, don't worry about your sins. Just just do what you want. And God's mercy will embrace you. Yes. You've got to turn from sin. Well said
0: Bishop Strickland. When we come back we'll have more of the Bishop Strickland hour. Stay with us family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. And usually uh, we get to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I thought this was appropriate timing-wise because this coming Sunday, well, actually when this is broadcast, two days after Pentecost Sunday, so I thought it would be appropriate to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and the birth of the Church. And in paragraph nineteen, uh, excuse me, 1697, there's a section here that talks about the catechesis of the Holy Spirit, the interior master of life according to Christ, a gentle guest and friend who inspires, guides, and you notice it says, corrects and strengthens this life. So there's a uh, a, a little sentence on what the Holy Spirit's about. Could you comment on that section, Bishop Strickland?
1: Yes, Um it, it, there's a lot packed there. Um, <laughs> and just that word corrects, I think, is something to Boy, focus I, on. I do, too. Because that seems to be what is being lost yep. for many, yep. um, even high up in the church. The idea of correction, that word correction implies that something's out of line, something's off track. There needs to be a course correction, yeah. you might say. Yeah, um, and absolutely. I mean, I'll admit that in my life, and I'm sure you will as well. Amen. That's what confession's about, is Amen. correcting those sinful errors where we have, hopefully in not mortal ways, but sometimes it can be mortal or venial, very serious, deadly, or less serious, but still sinful Um but even that word guides you might say that some in the even in the church today would would want to revise that and there's a move to revise a lot of what the church has taught oh yeah a gentle guest uh, a gentle guest and friend who inspires guides oh let's let's erase corrects and strengthens <laughs> that's that's all they want yeah. The the inspires, guides, and strengthens, but corrects is essential. And really the inspiration, the guiding, and the strengthening are not going to work if the correction isn't there. You know that as a dad of course. and a granddad, we've got to correct children that maybe not even, you know, they may even still be young enough that they're not making a moral choice, but they still have to be corrected for their own good because they're, you know, wandering off into the fire or wandering off into traffic, like we've talked about before, or or doing anything that's gonna bring them harm. Once we get old enough to use our free will to make those moral choices, we've got to be corrected when we wander from that. Going back to our discussion about Nancy Pelosi, yeah. what Archbishop Cordelione is doing is correcting her. Yeah. She is incorrect. Right. She is off the path. Yep. She needs a course correction for her own life. Forget everything else. But for her, as one of God's precious daughters, she needs to be corrected for her sake. Yeah. Certainly, also, for the sake of society, because she's in a position of leadership, for the sake of all the children that died to abortion, for the sake of many. But even, it, it just boils down to, even just that, her immortal soul, her eternal salvation depends on her correcting her path. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's what we as shepherds and you as a father and grandfather, that's how we are called to exercise our authority. One of the things that is very interesting in, um, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit, the opposite of being guided by the Holy Spirit is like we were talking about with Padre Pio, yeah. allowing Satan and his minions wow. to guide us. Yeah. And we have to say no to Satan and yes to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We all have to make that choice. Yeah. And abortion is evil. Yeah. And so when we are promoting abortion, we are on the side of evil on the side of anti-life. And all the arguments, really, I was thinking about this, Terry. I know people, you know, are tired of me, but (laughs) I can just stay tired. I I cannot, just like Cardinal Sarah on a different topic, but Cardinal Sarah and Pope Emeritus Benedict were saying, they must speak on the sanctity of the priesthood of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I'm right there with them. I must speak on the sanctity of the life of the unborn. And all of these arguments that oh, well, you're just worried about him being born and you could care less, even if that was the case, which is not. We, life is sacred from conception to natural death. And hopefully natural death comes many, many years after a child is born. Yeah. But even if that were the case, we still cannot turn a blind eye to the murder that abortion is. Even if we weren't concerned about what happens after they're born, we still have to say they must be allowed to be born, and then absolutely continue making the moral choices that we have to make to guard the sanctity of that life of a one-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 91-year-old. Amen. And and that's where we can't let We can't be timid about letting the the forces of evil that are too many voices in the world today to to shout us down. I mean, you hear people spouting off their opinion about what's wrong about what, what the Catholic Church says. We can't allow them to shout us down. We've got to continue lovingly, joyfully, clearly sharing the truth. It will be rejected as it was, as you've said, in the time of Christ. Many people rejected him. The Romans, I mean, Pontius Pilate and all the Roman leadership, they just saw him as a nuisance. They rejected his message, they rejected him, they rejected his truth. Many people are in the same boat today, but we've got to speak his truth. Bishop Operate with the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: What I'm hearing you say, it reminds me of this catechism verse, is that some people in the church are saying this is mercy without repentance. In other words, go ahead and receive Holy Communion, even though you're an abortionist. That doesn't matter. You know, God will forgive you. But they're forgetting about repentance and calling us. It, 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 you know, it seems to me that statement saying corrects and, and you know, guides. What happened to guiding and correcting in the church when it comes to mortal sin? We're looking for direction. Am I on to something?
1: Absolutely. And people talking about, oh, you're you're weaponizing the Eucharist. Yeah. yeah. The reality is to, to receive, to willfully receive the body of Christ yeah. when you have rejected the church's teaching and therefore you are in a state of sin. You're in a state not in the state of grace, right. that becomes, I mean the saints talk about this, that becomes your damnation, you're, you're bringing damnation on your own soul Wow. to ignore the truth and to say, I'm going to receive the Lord of truth, yeah. but I'm ignoring what he teaches in this area. And it's certainly not exclusively the abortion issue. But any of the morality issues that the church teaches, if you're going to say, well, I I totally reject what the church teaches about marriage or about sexuality, but I'm going to march up and receive the body of Christ. Is it the loving thing to say, oh, well, you've just that's what you've decided. It's it's a free world. It's your choice. That is not the loving thing to allow someone to choose their own damnation by choosing to commit sacrilege and to receive the body of Christ when they clearly reject a portion of the mystical body of Christ teaching. That's what the church is, the mystical body of Christ. So it, you know, we've just got to be strong. We've got to be clear. We've got to be joyful and loving, but we've got to correct the, the falsehoods and the, um, The diabolical messages that are are coming from too many corners, even within the church that, well, we just need to change all of this. The truth doesn't change.
0: Well, here at Virgin Most Powerful, we always say clarity with charity. And we never condemn in the sense that we will say to people, this is what the church teaches. This is clear and we need to embrace it. And with charity, because that is charity, giving people the truth. Bishop Strickland, how about a blessing for your radio audience, please?
1: Almighty God, we ask your blessing for everyone listening, that we may all trust in your wondrous mercy, look into our hearts and repent of our sins, and trust that whatever the sin, you are ready to forgive us, you long to forgive us. Our Lord, your Son, longs to embrace us in His mercy. But we have to make that choice. May we be strengthened in choosing to turn from sin and live the good news that your son, Jesus Christ, has died and risen to share with us. And we ask this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Thank you very much, Bishop Strickland. I want folks to know, I know we got a lot of new people from last weekend's Rosary March for Priests. And you can listen to Bishop Strickland's programs on the podcast by going to vmpr.org and listen to all of the shows that we produce here. Because we have one goal, and that goal is the salvation of souls. This is what the mission of the church is, and we're a lay organization that embraces 100% of what the church teaches. If you ever hear anything other than what the church teaches on the show— let me know and we'll change it. I will even say that even if it was the Bishop Strickland hour. I say, Bishop, I, I stand correct. We were wrong on this issue. Then we correct it. Because this isn't it's, about you.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's we've about, got to be we've got to be, have that humility. Yeah. I'm I'm promoting humility and the sacred heart of Jesus for for the next month. And awesome. we need that humility.
0: Amen. And I want to remind people, uh your web your website for St. Philip Institute. Can we put that on the screen, Mr. Engineer? St. Philip Institute. Go to that institute. Find out you'll get lots of good material there. Absolutely free going to St. Philip Institute. And this is Terry Barber saying goodbye for today on the Bishop Strickland Hour. May God richly bless you. And thanks for supporting us here at Virgin. Most Powerful Radio. God love you and your family. And don't forget, we'll be on next week, same time, same station. God love you.